right, here's a vinyl countdown. 157, I think. Come on, light change, you fuck. I'm on uh, Ronces Vale. I just went to see a short film that Craig did the sound for. And Scarborough Dude and his friend Brian came out with us. He never wants to be on Vinyl Countdown. He's afraid that he'll give away all his deep, dark secrets and where all the bodies are buried and shit. And he's like, I don't need that in my life. I'm a grown man. I have a career. So, uh, nice, light just changed. So, damn, there's people around now. Fuck me. So I don't know if we're gonna get an episode done for this week or not. If we do, then I guess you'll hear it now. And if we don't, uh, me and Joel did a tip-tap-tip episode for Eric in the summer. It's been it's been months since we did that, so I'll put it up on the Vinyl Countdown feed for anyone who didn't hear it. So coming up next is either more of an episode or me and Joel. But uh, what I wanted to say is I thought this was funny. So I'm hanging out with Scarborough Dude and his friend. We're both in their 60s and they start talking. We're talking about, I don't know, old video games and shit. And then they're like, oh no, we're talking about milk and milkmen. So Scarborough dude was like, yeah, when I was a kid in the 50s, we had, uh, you hear the clippity clop, the clip clop, clip <laughs> clop. And that was the horse and wagon coming down the street that meant the milk was here. <laughs> and his buddy is like, yeah, we had coal delivery. And, like, when the coal man would show up, you'd be all blackened with coal, like, in a fucking weird old cartoon. I just thought that was funny, man. It really is different, like, insanely different eras. Fucking horse and wagon milkmen. Coal delivery. What? I guess, I mean, I don't know, when I was a kid, we had fucking wood. We had a wood stove, so we had wood delivery. So I'm trying to mock here. Stop. Stop unraveling my mocking. All right, here's probably me and Joel. So, uh, Joel, while we're waiting for the bathroom, sure. I'm going to release our Tip Tap Tip episode as a yeah, Vinyl yeah, yeah. Countdown episode, because I'm sure we'll have time to fill. So let's do a quick introduction. So, this episode of Vinyl Countdown that's about to play, uh, well, that's, it's, it's... that's Mike peeing. He's, he's enjoying that a lot. <laughs> so, uh, Keith and I were working men, and uh, Keith was helping me uh, do a mural, which uh, is finished now and, and uh, worked out rather nicely. But uh, while we were doing it, we, uh, we had a little uh, chat, and we recorded it for Tip Tap Tip, which is a show out of Calgary, um, because they had a baby, and they needed people to fill in, and we stepped up to the plate. Yeah, and I mean, if I may say so myself, I thought it was pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, Actually, I think well. it's one of, uh, it's, it's the best you and I thing we've done outside of the XO stuff. Man, I felt bad, because like, so that one day that we uh, painted, and then you texted me later when you were painting, and yeah. it's this thing, it's been fucking me up lately, where I, it's so hot in my apartment that I don't put on pants, and my right. phone is on vibrate in my pants, so I missed your message that you were painting, and I was like, oh, that would have been fun. Twice so far, I've missed messages from Preston Buttons. One of them, literally on his birthday. He's like, he's, he's like two blocks from my house. He's like, I'm at my friend's oh. place. <laughs> I'm at my friend's place. It's my birthday. Come hang out. And I don't get it for 12 hours because I haven't put on pants. Oh, wow. That's the life I lead. And, uh, yeah, so enjoy the show on yeah. that note. Totes. Oh, Keith farted. Other not, Keith. not other Keith. Other yeah. Keith farted. Yeah. At us. <laughs> Directly at us. I love weaponized farts. <laughs>
Hey, Internet, what's going on? You're listening to Tip Tap Tip. I am Joel Jackson, and you are? I am Keith McNally. And we are podcasting live from a street in beautiful downtown Toronto. Uh, Eric and Rochelle are, uh, you know, having a baby right now. Uh, so, I don't know. Apparently, that's, you know, you can't talk when you have a baby. What's that about? Yeah. But I think what we have to bring to the table is fairly unique. I mean, outside. Outside. Just chilling in the sunburny weather. And uh, so, normally, Tip Tap Tip does, like, a clip show. Uh, we're not going to do that. Yeah, instead it'll just be clips of our day, because we're, exactly. we're painting. Yeah, we're... Uh, painting a mural. Well, it's not really a mural yet. Right yeah, now we're, we're just painting white on a wall. <laughs> right, we're painting a wall white. It's, That's really all I'll do anyway. It's all I can do. It's, but. Uh, it's, it's very uh, Huck Finn. We yeah, gotta, I think this is going to be kind of interesting if we just, as we take breaks, we record little tip-tap-tip segments. Sounds, That's kind of cool. Sounds good to me. I think that's really mostly what we've always had to offer the podcasting world is uh, unique places that we podcast from. You know? Yeah, just, you know, it's it's uh, live from life. So I'll tell you what has been on my mind. Okay. I even had notes about this written down. I forgot to bring my notes, but uh, but I'm, I'm reminded of it because of uh, this lady that keeps talking to us all day about who's part of the the building that you're painting. Oh, God. It's yeah. just people who annoy me. Yeah. Types of things like this, uh, just uh, somebody I know, I won't say who, <laughs> somebody okay. I know the other day was telling me about their job and said they were tasked with, well, my team was tasked with the blah, blah, blah. As soon as you say a word like that or a weird phrase that you just picked up from your dumb corporate world, as a no good hillbilly bum artist, I don't, I don't like it. Well, and for those of you uh, just tuning in, uh, this is Keith McNally. He's uh, of the internet. He is uh, famously, at this point, gone, what, how many years? <laughs> My last job? job was uh, 2008. So, yeah, that's a long time. That's... But, I mean, I worked right up to the end of 2008. <laughs> I think right. I deserve some points for that, right up to December. So, uh, I'm really terrible at math. What is that, like, So, like, four, four years? A little over four, I think. Wow. And so you exist on a stipend that uh, you're on a volunteer EI, basically, which is uh, your parents pay for you. It's so weird, too, because, like, in the mid-2000s, I was so self-sufficient and so proud of it. And rightly so. I mean, it's a much more prideful position to be in. But, like, I remember when I finally moved back to New Brunswick from Vancouver and just stayed with my parents for a little bit just because it was right after I got pepper sprayed in Vancouver and everything was going bad. And I'm like, I'm just got to go home and home base and, you know, recoup. And I felt bad about staying in my parents' house and not paying any rent. Like, I was that guy. And how, how things have yeah, how changed. How things have changed. Now, now this has become a lifestyle. So, like, how well, long... Well, I guess the quick recap for anyone who doesn't know is, uh, is that I moved to New York for a year and couldn't get a work visa. So right. my parents were like, and, you know, I'm glad that they did this. They're like, well, you know, it's your one chance to live in the States and live in New York. Big weird thing for a Canadian boy to do. You know, might as well make the most of it, so we'll help you out. Because I had, like, six grand but that didn't last me very long in New York. Right, yeah. So that was the slow downward slide, is then once I got back to uh, to Canada, I still had some of the money they'd lent me, which lent me, quote-unquote. I mean, I understand that it's not mine, but I'm never going to pay it back. Right, yeah. It, it just started getting out of hand. I'm like, ah, I'm never going to be able to pay this back. So once I got to that point, and I still had some money, I was like, well, I don't need to get a job right away. And then I moved to Toronto and still had, I think I had... 
how much money did I have? Like two grand when I first got here to Toronto and just didn't quite get that job right away like I should have. And I fell back into the New York pattern where my parents were just like, well, whatever, here's your rent money. But there's no reason anymore. I'm not in another country. I can get a job anytime. Well, in, a, in a way, Toronto is another country, but... Uh... Well, uh, let me ask you this. Is like, How long do you see this going? Like, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was going to end two years ago. Like, So do you think you could, like, just uh, live on the on the family dole? I think I probably could forever. Yeah. You think? I mean, because, well, I mean, my mom has even broken it down that way of, like, you know, we've got money here that is going to be left to you when we eventually die. And theoretically, by then, you'll be a 50-year-old man, and you hopefully you'll have your own shit together, and you won't really need this money, so why not use it while you're young? And I'm like, that does make sense, but it also is leading... I, mean, I can't blame them for my <laughs> fucking life, but but if they cut me off, it would be for my to my benefit, but they're never gonna. So what would... Do you know what you would... Uh, like, if, if tomorrow, let's say you get a call, a phone call tomorrow, and they say, okay, Keith, we're cutting you off, what would you do? Yeah, I think it is just, well, that's one thing, too, is, like, it's just because I've never had a job that isn't just a minimum wage, silly job, like, that's kind of all I know. That's what I default toward. I'd probably just work at a coffee shop. Like, even though I've done video editing and DVD fucking authoring and blah, 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 it's all so freelance. It's not part of a st structure. So I don't know how to do that type of thing or how to get into that world. Well, I mean, you could just uh, put it on your resume and see who bites, you yeah. know? But, uh, but then that's the other thing, is even though, like, back in Vancouver when I was fully self-sufficient, I, I mean, I, the overall sense of pride was far greater, but the specific day-to-day -day misery was far more miserable. Right. Like, I've heard people, maybe we can relate it to uh, parenting in some ways, since you now have a young, young man and, and another one on the way. Yeah, and, well, and actually, I think by the time this show comes out, I will have my second one, because... Uh, uh, for the tip tap tip listeners, uh, Jen, Jen Squidpod and I, uh, are having a baby a couple of days, four days before is the due date than Eric and Rochelle's baby. So, so yeah. yeah, so it's a weird coincidence. You guys will have like friend twins. We'll, we'll have babies we can pit against each other. <laughs> yeah. Baby fights. Well, I remember, uh, reading a book where it's the, the Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin, my favorite book of the past year, right. where she was talking about parenting and she called it fog happiness because having kids has this sort of pervasive happiness. Uh, it's just a Sorry, I'm just keeping <laughs> yeah. an eye out. It's a garbage-looking fellow messing with our stuff. So Gretchen Rubin from The Happiness Project was talking about uh, parenting, and she, yeah, she called it fog happiness, where having kids does make your life happier all around. Like, it's this pervasive happiness, like fog, that covers everything you do. But then, like fog, if you look too close at it, it, you can't see it. Like, if you look at every day-to-day -day aspect of having a kid, each piece seems like it's making you less happy because it's so much extra work and responsibility and stress, and yet, somehow, it still makes your life better. It's, yeah, it's totally nonsense. Like, I, oh God, I, I would recommend having children, but I wouldn't recommend having children. Right. Like, it's, it's really hard, and it, it, it makes your life really, you know, restricted. But it's worth it. I don't know. Yeah. So it's good. So uh, yeah, congrats uh, again, guys. Uh, or tip, tap, tip. Uh, yeah. 
but anyway getting back to you and your your uh yeah so that's where i feel like it might be similar having a job is like having a kid it makes you happier and more part of the world and more you just feel like you're more useful to the world more pride but there's also a whole lot of shit that goes there's along so with much it. shit with it like yeah, and I think I, I think truly like doing doing anything that you really really love is really hard. Like it's really hard to do that. Um, in fact, I, I would say that like there's you know maybe like well let's go with one percent. It's a it's a number that I like. But uh, you know one percent of the population probably has a job that they fucking love, and the rest basically have varying degrees of jobs they hate or jobs that are just kind of okay. You know. So, well, that's the other thing is like if I did just get a job doing coffee shop type stuff or whatever, it's just to pay the bills while I still at night do all the stuff I really want to do. And I'm already doing all the stuff I really want to do. Like, it's not like I just lay around and watch Columbo marathons. I fucking do tons of shit. It's no, just, yeah. And, and I, I actually... Uh, but it's, it's never going to go anywhere and that's becoming apparent, <laughs> you know. Well, and, and I suppose it's tough because you've got this hole in your resume... And I, I think you're, you've got way more skills than, than a, you know, a shitty retail job would, would demand of you kind of thing. And it's like, how do you parlay that into a job you love? This is becoming a bad idea sitting here. Just, just yeah, just because we're out of, uh, out of view. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. That okay. feels like a segment, right? Maybe we should that. Yeah, let's... Uh... <laughs> there, there's a, some... We've come to no clear conclusions about anything. Okay, let's uh, yeah, let's throw to a to a clip of uh, Eurovision song. <laughs> so that was break number one. So break number two from painting, I feel quite worky. I like having paint on me. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's like a badge of honor, right? Yeah, it is. I almost want to get more paint on, like my shoes and stuff, and just be covered in paint. These I pants know, are I noticed well. you're not uh, wearing the booties today. No, because I realized, I mean, I got these shoes for free. <laughs> <laughs> I found them. The, the Adventures of Hobo McNally. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was a sad story, is before I found these shoes, and then you gave me a pair of shoes that are also very nice, that... Uh, I, uh, as soon as these ones I'm wearing now go down there. See, the ones you gave me are actually nice. So, right. <laughs> whereas these ones are just garbage that so I found. So do you wear like one pair of shoes at a time? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of the same way. Like I've got my day-to-day shoes. I've, like I've got a bunch of Adidas sneakers. That's all I own. And I just, I kill one and then I move on to the next pair. And then uh, every couple of years I'll buy another one to replace whatever one died four years ago kind of thing. The only thing that is good to have backups is uh, I remember when I lived downtown and I had to get new shoes in the middle of winter because mine like were getting holes split in the bottom and uh, I don't know why I didn't take the bus but it was all freezing cold and horrible and I walked all the way to the Duffer Mall and my feet were like ice blocks like I I thought they were going to fall off it was just that so don't let that happen but before I got the shoes from you and these sweet shoes 
what I did, because again, I needed shoes, and instead of going and buying shoes for money, I was like, well, let's try the uh, Salvation Army first. Mm -hmm. So I went to that one at Lansdowne and uh, Queen, and I found this super cool pair of shoes for $8. Beautiful, super wicked, leather shoes, but they were like half a size too ah. small. And I was like, I can make this work, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work these in. And it got to the point where I had Band-Aids in my in my wallet all the time because I was constantly bleeding from the feet. Oh, man. And, and I remember at one time while wearing those shoes with that were just too small, I ended up taking, I was walking downtown to meet uh, Preston, our friend Preston Buttons and my friend Ben from London. I took off the shoes midway there and was just walking in my sock feet because they were so painful. But also, on that trip, I wanted to eat something on the way so I wouldn't spend a bunch of money at the bar on like fucking chicken wings and shit. So I just I had a can of Chef Boyardee that I just <laughs> took the top off, ate with a plastic spoon as I walked oh. in my hobo shoes, and then threw the whole thing away. I've never felt so much like a bum. I've been homeless and not felt that homeless. Wow. It was like, it was just sad. That's awesome. That is like, like yeah. Yeah, it, oh man, if somehow you had managed to uh, uh, piss yourself <laughs> that, yeah. that day too, um, th that would have been perfect. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. But yeah, I, I keep trying to convince myself like shoes are the one thing you don't fuck around with. Yeah, that's right. Because it's not worth it. But I just then I'm then I'm at the the point where I got to get new shoes, and it's like, well, I could buy new shoes or I could go see Guar. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, but like, isn't there? I mean, what's like, where do people go for really cheap shoes? And I mean, well, for me, it was always Walmart, and those shoes literally last. If they last four months, you did good. They just disintegrate on your feet. It's not worth it at and all. And how much do you pay, pay for a pair of Walmart shoes? Still, it's like 25 30 bucks. Whereas if you go to a good shoe store, they always have some kind of two-for-one deal. So, realistically, you're only paying 50 bucks for 60 bucks for two pairs of shoes. It's the same. It's yeah. just... Somehow, I think Walmart's a better idea. It's weird. It's like I've I've gotten to uh, uh, it's, it's maybe like a little Steve Jobsy, but I've gotten to a certain point in my life now where I buy the same type of certain things right. all the time. So like I only buy Adidas now, and the only reason for that is they're they work all day, for my feet. You dream about sex. That that's right. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, it's it's because like uh, I used to have like retail jobs where <clears throat> I'd be standing for eight hours and without like a, a decent pair of shoes, your feet were just killing by the end of the day, especially if you're standing on a concrete floor, right? So like uh, I learned really quickly that like really nice looking shoes basically like uh, collapse on you. So yeah. And you ever hear that saying you should have a comfortable pair of shoes and a nice bed because if you're not in one you're in the other? Yeah, and and actually and that's another thing is like uh, yeah, for mattress. So but then like it's other things like Levi's 501s. Like if I'm buying jeans, well lately I've been straying from the Levi's, but it was always Levi's 501s because they fit right and I just you know and, and so, like, you end up kind of building a weird sort of uniform after a while, like, you know, aviator sunglasses. And, like, like it's just it's just shit like that. Like, you, you end up, like, with these standards that always work. Yeah, makes I, sense to me. I don't know. I, I mean, at, at some point, I mean, I know uh, Eric always talks about, like, 
just you know uh, some sort of like jumpsuit for life <laughs> <laughs> all purpose uniform just yeah just just like put on a uh, an orange jumpsuit and make it reversible so the other side is for fancy exactly like maybe maybe one side is paisley or something you know like so like this is my it's my going out jumpsuit and this is my uh you know day-to-day life you know, I, I don't know. I think you can go wrong with that sort of thinking a lot. But uh, it is nice, though, that jeans have become just a thing, right? Because, I mean, that, that was all cowboys and shit back yeah. in the day. And they are. They're just handy. I'm glad it's just style. And I, I don't know whether going to jeans has kind of just collapsed our, our uh, collective sense of style. Because most people look like shit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I'm just like I, you know, since we've been painting this mural, we've seen in like variously various uh, uh, trash miners, uh, and, and they look like crap, like all of them. And then, and these are not hobos, by the way. These are just guys who live in the neighborhood, and they're just trying to find something to build furniture out of. I did see, like I always see, like when you know you're dressed a little fancier, or uh, our friend John lately has been getting just much better in his dress sense. And I'm like, I'm always like, yeah, that would be cool. Whereas on the other hand, I was at the bank the other day, and there was a guy ahead of me in line who looked just like me unwashed hair jeans t-shirt that was wrinkled and I just hope unshaven but I just hope I didn't look as bad as him because like all the pieces were the same but he just looked like a no good mess and I'm like I just it's, hope I don't look like it's that it's a slippery slope you right? know like yeah because I mean for it the most me, part it made me hate him I was like fuck that guy even though he looked just like me <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, no, put it's on weird. a vest you piece of shit and, and it's funny because like uh, now business culture is is a no tie sort of environment unless you're like a, a like a Bay Street banker or something like like or a salesperson or something but but like most working environments are tieless and it just makes me want to wear ties now because it's, it's like they're good again you know you just can't don't wear one with a fucking Looney Tunes character on it. <laughs> yeah. well, that's one thing that's interesting with that show Mad Men is the women on it in particular in interviews and stuff will talk about how just how ludicrously complex it seems by today's standards where the reason there's this certain shape to chicks in the 60s was because of the like three layers of undergarments that you've mm-hmm. got and all this different stuff where then you go back to your 21st century civilian clothes and uh, the Christina Hendricks in particular was like, I feel like I'm dressed like a farmer just walking around compared to on set. Yep. And yep. everybody dressed like that. Like it was, you didn't go out of the house without well, all and, this stuff. Well, and, you know, and that's the other thing is like, I, you know, modern underwear is, is laughable. Like it's laughably small. Not that I'm complaining, but it's just like, you know, like as soon as the thong was invented, it's like, well, that's it. That is the bare, that is the legal minimum to call something underwear. And, uh, you know, but it also means that now you can wear these skin-tight jeans, uh, you know, that these ladies look so good in. Well, that's yeah, one I'm sorry thing. I trailed off there. <laughs> that's one thing that's been killing me about the casual nature of the way people dress is uh, just all the yoga pants. And, mm-hmm. like, I feel like chicks are walking around, like, how superheroes would dress. It's just, like... On the one hand, I like it, but on the other hand, it's, like, so uncomfortable of just, like, how do yeah. I not stare at you all the time? Like, this uh, seems like a weird thing to wear outside in public to me. Yeah, where I work, I'm not going to say where, but I work with a lot of young... It's a strip club, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I work with a lot of young people, and, and tights were really in this year. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of girls wearing tights, and 
I don't know if they know that they're as see-through as they actually are. <laughs> right. Because like I'm, I'm walking around, I'm like, there's an ass. Like I can I can see the difference in color of her underwear. I can see her ass cheeks. You know, you're just walking around with no pants. Like that's like like that was pretty much it. And it's just like. And this is fine, and this is how the world is. And I do think, yeah, even the even the most self-aware chicks just really m- do not get what it is like to be a dude uh, around right. them. Like, like uh, I've heard so many women just talking about their own tits. Like, it's just tits. I was just born with them. I just have them. Sure. And sure, yeah, it's that's the only sensible way for them to view tits but that's not how we view them that's not how we view your whole body you know and in in, uh in like a working environment uh like when you're working with colleagues where you have to have this professional relationship you're not viewing these people as sexual in any way as as a guy you're still going don't look at her tits don't look at her tits because you can't help it like you're just programmed to do it even though your logical brain has no intention of you know, making a move or, you know, looking at these women sexually, there's still this underlying, like, like sexual biology thing, right? Like, so... And that is where, yeah, it's, like, stuck in the middle, where on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, baby, look how you're dressed. Awesome. But on the other hand, if you weren't, it would just be easier for me. <laughs> My day would be easier. Yeah. yeah. So it's... But, I'm, I mean, I don't know. We're... Uh, you know, we're visual primates. Like, we're programmed to do this. We're programmed to check out, you know, uh, opposite or same sex, depending on how you swing, and uh, and uh, objectify it a little bit. A little bit. I mean, I think everybody does it. <laughs> you know what? I caught myself thinking the other day. I was bicycling around and uh, down by the lakefront, and there's, like, a lot of joggers. And whenever I see a woman jogging with, like, particularly big thighs, I always think, like, yeah, you're embarrassed of those thighs. But I like in, a, like, a hot way, I'm like, that's hot to me for some reason. <laughs> you wish you could fight them, but you can't. You're too much woman, baby. They, like, those thighs cannot be contained kind of thing? Yeah, they can't yeah. be controlled. You can't control them. Oh, they ain't going away. <laughs> You can run. You ain't running from those. That's what it's kind of sad, yeah. too, is like this this notion that chicks are like, oh, no, my ass and my legs are too big. That ain't a bad thing. No. That ain't bad, honey. Well, and that's, uh, <laughs> there was that uh, post going around on the internet, I think, uh, uh, one of you guys sent it over, where it was like comparisons between like Kira Knightley and... Uh, yeah, like when did the old style, yeah. hot, the Betty Page Betty look. Page and Elizabeth Taylor and Marilyn Monroe, like those those ladies were fucking hot. Yeah, and now it's like weird emaciated boy girls. Uh, yeah, these like, like when you can see a chick's ribs, it's like, I don't know, I guess, I guess... You know, if a girl's really pretty, you can get over that, but um, <laughs> but it's not the ideal for me. No, not at all. You know, like I I I much rather like I like girls to have a little a little meat, a little uh, you know, a little padding. I don't know. Well, I guess that's, that's break number two. All right, so uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where you just kind of have to assume this is interesting, right? We just got to yeah. take on faith that yeah. we're saying things people would be interested in listening to. It's <laughs> it, you know what? It's a tip tap tip show. This is this is more their speed. Right. This is this is uh, we're we're not trying to offend people. We're just trying to have a have a delightful conversation. Yeah, I hope you appreciate this, Eric. That I haven't brought. It. Well, I guess I can't even say this has been pretty sexual. <laughs> I guess I can't help it. <laughs> well, we're toning it down for you guys because yeah. we love you. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, Look here. Look at these ladies going by, walking a dog. <laughs> and walk my dog. Here, I see uh, ch check out this video from, uh, from this person, from Reuters. <laughs> In the news today, a bunch of people died. Reuters. <laughs> I like the little fake clips. <laughs> Working like men. I'll say, goodness. We've been working all day. This wall is looking pretty white. Mm. Not bad, I'm proud of us. Break number three. So. I'm gonna just take a, while, while you're telling us, I'm gonna just take a quick photo and we can throw it, throw it at them. Very nice. So uh, this is a traditional topic that uh, comes up many times in any podcast that I'm involved with, is uh, a situation unique to me that no other man ever feels is that I don't understand women. <laughs> That's certainly not universal, right? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, absolutely. But uh, me and my friend Matt were talking the other day. Well, I guess I've become more and more convinced the older I get that that free will and, you know, human intelligence and uh, what's, what's that word to explain how we're different than animals? Um, uh, we have consciousness. Consciousness, well, uh, yeah, re reason. Right. Yeah. Uh, it seems more and more overrated the older I get. Like, I, I think biology is, was what spawned intelligence and biology is what's been in charge this whole time and we're just kind of tricking ourselves into thinking that it's not. Like, I used to believe if your will was strong enough, you know, you can deny your biology forever, but, but I don't think that's true anymore. No, I, I, you absolutely can't. I mean, a big indication of that is that no matter how much fancy technology we get, or how many, uh, you know, like social network whatevers, we still need to, you know, eat, stay warm, and fuck. You know, like, we, and we can't fight that. We will never be able to fight that. Like, right. we are so bound to this fucking material existence. And what, what I find interesting is, like, uh, between the sexes, is the reason men and women are so different is because our biological priorities are so different. Yeah, like you can fight it for small bursts temporarily, but day after day after day after day, you're just gonna, eventually what's gonna happen is gonna happen. No, it's true, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like uh, there's a reason why um, when guys hang out, we, we kind of just get along and we don't fight very often and when we do, it's very quick. Like it's it's either and and even like if it's a like an actual violent fight, that that in itself is also quick. You know, it's just like you, you've wronged me. Here's why. We're done. You know, and either you recover from it and, or you just never talk again. With women, on the other hand, you don't, we don't have frenemies. Exactly. We women will hit each other for twenty years. They, they will have this long-standing dislike of another woman and keep them in their life for some stupid reason. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's keep your enemies closer or whatever, but that's probably not what's going on, right? It's probably not thinking of it in a, like they're a general. Uh, I, wonder, I wonder if that's what it is. It's like if you, if you, 
like how did we, like biologically how would we do this when we were uh, you know when we were on the savannah like uh, worried about tigers like was there is there some evolutionary advantage to uh, being a lady and not liking another lady and and like well, that's one thing we were talking about yeah. earlier while painting too that I think is interesting is this the the sort of general wisdom that women are more socially capable and aware than men but it seems like it's women that are way more willing to get in there and fuck shit up on a social level where I feel like dudes we're we're much more diplomatic generally yeah that's true but then on the other hand we're also I mean I guess we're also willing to burn the raise things to the ground if we have to yeah exactly but yeah, like we will, uh, we will destroy a city. Uh, I don't think women will destroy a city. I mean, uh, there's just no. Uh, I'm not saying that they won't. There's just no precedent for it at at, at the moment. Right. Like, like, can you imagine that? Like, just just imagine a tribe of Amazon, you know, warriors just bombing Pompeii. It's like it's. I always wonder if there were no distance. Of course, speaking in extremely general terms. If there were only... I first started thinking about this after I saw the Jackass movie, the first one. Right. And I was like, you know, if it were only women ever on the earth, that would never get made. Not ever. But then I'm thinking, like, other things. These are wild, baseless theories that really I can't back up at all. But what would the tallest building in the world be right now? Would it be, like, three floors? <laughs> like, I just can't see them That's giving a fuck. That, uh, we certainly wouldn't have gone to the moon. Just, sorry, ladies, no way. There's no way. I also... Not because you couldn't, because you wouldn't. But I also think that we would have died of various uh, cleanliness uh, diseases. Um, like, the, the more I look at, like, sort of the, the at least the biological role of women, it's, it's, uh, it's like a smaller management thing. Like you, like, you have your CEOs or whatever who are, like, doing big picture, but they're, they're kind of useless on the, on the ground floor. That's men to me. Right. You know? Whereas women are like really good middle managers. Like they just they just keep the trains on running on time, uh, so to speak, and uh, you know, they just they're good at like day to day kind of like here's some things we can do not to die. You know, whereas men will probably would have you know, died of like mold <laughs> or I don't know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like no, that's true, I can see that. So uh, what I was thinking though specifically with just the bio biological baseline that we've all got is so assuming that evolution doesn't have a will as it does not so it, does not, yeah. so it doesn't know what it's doing it's just a particular mix of chemicals and hormones happen to work out for our continued propagation and what I was wondering is uh, can I just throw a quick little dis disclaimer is I'm not sure if Rochelle completely is on board with the evolution thing so if you're listening to this Rochelle <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Just fast forward, and it, it's it just happened by uh, some some people just waking up one morning and they were human. Anyway, okay, moving on. Of course. Uh, so, <clears throat> what if the fact that the lady folk can be so infuriating and so difficult to deal with and so difficult to stay with was is deliberate. What if it's better to have us have some kids and try to hold on for two or three years and then be spurred on to someone else, like, ev biologically, so that we'll have more kids? Like, what if well, women are designed to make us crazy? I, uh, ooh, that's, ooh, 
That's, uh, you've touched on something there. It's horrifying though, right? <laughs> like, Jesus no, but, I mean, Christ. I, I, think, <laughs> I think in like our uh, natural tribal state, uh, we're a little bit of both, right? Like, like, I don't think men are like the hunter-gatherer, you know, saber-toothed tiger killers that like, you know, crappy movies have uh, led us to believe. Like, I... Sorry. <clears throat> That's beer, by the way, I'm putting down. Because I'm working. I'm a working man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is interesting because, like, I think I think that is a big part of our biology is to mate with multiple females to have multiple babies who aren't of the same lineage. Yeah, so it might not be deliberate and it's not like malicious or anything. It just happened to be that hey, if the female of the species is this kind of way, it makes the dudes have way more kids and ding, 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 you know? Like, evolution doesn't care that we're all miserable, <laughs> you know? But on the other hand, I mean, who's to say? Because, like, it, in our in our history, women were treated horribly for forever. So, you know, like, in, in a lot of ways, I don't know. I I wonder if women making men crazy, supposedly, is like a modern phenomenon you know what I mean like because back in the day I, I don't think they were allowed to like children and women were like property to a certain point it is weird right like this is here's an offensive tack I'm gonna take is it's like <laughs> it's like you can't it's like saying to a black dude like oh well you how you know it's not you that was enslaved you know so what yeah. are you complaining about and it's like so it's supposed to be like well hey all your ancestors were on top of the world just now that now that this new generation of males isn't, I don't want to hear you complaining. <laughs> you, know? you know, and and as a white male, I, I feel like I have the authority to, to, to speak on this because, well, let's face it, who's higher up on the food chain than me? Nobody. Yeah. So everything I'm saying right now, everybody, uh, should should be... Uh, it's the words of your emperor, and <laughs> you shall listen. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, no, truthfully, I... Uh, that is an interesting question, and I and I don't know the answer because I don't know if men and women were like I, I don't know if our current state is our natural state, right? You know, like because men are getting softer, you know, like in in the course of history, we're getting a lot more nurturing and a lot nicer. Like, you know, men are raising their kids. This is this is not something that used to happen. I saw a guy yesterday here on Roncesvalles, and I mean, I'm the girliest dude you'll ever fucking meet. I watch the shit out of the Gilmore Girls, and I love it. But I saw a guy with the little, like, thing where he's got his baby on his chest, like, mm -hmm. strapped on, and mm -hmm. just walking along, and, and, uh, and I felt like me and the wife had this little moment. We exchanged a glance that was just, like, somewhere deep down. This is weird. Like, this man is not the man he's supposed to be. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so for all that stuff. I love looking after kids, but there's something deep down that's like, this is weird. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I kind of, uh, I've had a different reaction when I've, like, because I've walked around with Jet, like, strapped into the little thing when he was younger. Although I didn't do it that often, to be honest, but uh, I did it a couple of times, and there was one point where I overheard, like, a couple of girls, like, as I passed by, they just like, quietly said, like, Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm into the dad and baby thing. That's 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 pretty cool. <laughs> nice. And I was like, right on. Yeah, it was a it was a good day. I, like, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty nice. I was getting checked out by some chicks because I had a baby on my on my chest. So that's that's neat. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, Matt also brought up, I thought was kind of probably true, is we were just talking about, in general, like, it's not interesting to date someone who is just a pushover, you know? Like, you want the person who is uh, more difficult. And maybe that's men and women all over. Like, if we didn't, like, if it were a solvable problem, then maybe our whole fucking race would just, our whole species would just get tired of banging and it just wouldn't be good for us. It's better that it's a constant unsolvable thing because it makes it interesting and exciting and something to attain. Well, uh, if, like, I, I think to, like, every relationship I've had, including my current one, um, like, you know, nobody ever sees eye to eye completely. And I think that's the same for friendships, too. But, like, with the male-female thing, it's like, it's a little... I think your ideal mate is is different enough from you that it's interesting, but not so different that they just don't understand you. Well, that's where, yeah, I think, like, hillbillies get it wrong and no good, dirty East Coasters and stuff is, uh, yeah, there's a difference between opposites attract, because they don't, and complementary differences. <laughs> you know, if you're just opposites, you're just going to fight all the time, and it's horrible. Well, and, and there's, um... There's a term that, you know, like uh, politically correct people love to use, which is tolerance. Right. But, but the, when I actually think about that word about tolerance, it's like that is sort of the ideal. Like, I don't want my wife to accept me. I want her to tolerate me. Right, right. You know, like if she accepts me, then that's a little bit boring. But if she tolerates me, it means like, yeah, I, I'm not really happy about your collection of Japanese robot models, <laughs> but I'll put up with it. Right, because you have so many other fine qualities. Exactly, exactly. So like, like tolerance is probably a bigger deal to me than acceptance is. Yeah. You know, but on the, on the other hand, I mean, yeah, like if everybody got along 100% or had the same opinions, how fucking boring would that be? Yeah, I always think like if there was like a female exact version of me, I don't think I would ever date that person. Like, I would hand off all of my work to her. Like, okay, I wrote two chapters of this novel. You write the next two. I'll see you in 12 hours. But I don't want to hang out. (laughs) Well, and then, you know, and then at that point, it's like, well, why why don't you just clone yourself? Yeah. You know, learn how to have sex with yourself. Because, you know, like... Uh, oh, imagine that, right? Okay, so you got a clone, and then you convince the clone to get a, uh, a sex change operation. <laughs> the best that money can buy. <laughs> That'd be fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay, okay. So, okay, so he's you, but then he becomes a she. Yeah, oh, it'd be like all the little ways that when I look in the mirror, I see the ways that I'm like my mom, except way more so. This is not getting any better, is it? This is is just, (laughs) wow, this is getting into... This is painter man talk. This is manly talk. Fuck, this is getting into creepy town. uh, That's probably segment three, right? I think break number three. All right, well, check out this uh, YouTube video from this, uh, this guy who got a sex change operation. I don't have a dick anymore. Alright, 
So break number four, <laughs> final for the day. Final for the day. We've, I don't know. We, once we took a little food break and I'm just, I'm just not a working man. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm out of energy. I'll get some food. And then I ate and I'm like, now I want to go to bed. <laughs> like I'm just done. But you know what? Honestly, I, like I wasn't feeling it today. After, after painting yesterday too, it was just kind of like, ah, let's just shut it down. It's Sunday. And the horrors of the physical world are quite horrible. I mean, like after the sunburn yesterday and yeah. like today I'm just paranoid all day keeping all covered up and yeah oh um yeah we'll throw some some pics in for this but we we look quite humorous mm. i like to think though i mean we look a little more rugged right like yeah at least one step closer to the marlboro oh man. yeah for sure yeah no uh no we we got our stripes i mean just i think just the musk alone when we walked in that cop, <laughs> coffee shop and you ordered your little espresso and i ordered my <laughs> My medium roast. I mean, I did pretty good getting paint on the pants. Not bad. They're not bad. Pretty painty. Yeah, I, I got some good ones on my shoes. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. These the, the the pair of shoes I'm wearing are are actually one of the ones I'm about to throw out anyway. So, you know what I've noticed for minutia that <laughs> you just again you just gotta hope is interesting to someone. But uh, in uh, my recent getting back into bike riding. And uh, these are going to be my bike riding pants. It's so, like because they're all paint covered anyway, and who cares? Skinny jeans are great for bike riding because my other pants I had to tuck into my sh my right. my sock because they kept getting caught in the gears and stuff. See, and that's funny because I like I think I've always worn like a slimmer cut jean, so I've never had the bike problem. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Man. But then I thought back to all the people on bicycles I've seen with the one pant leg tucked in, and now I understand why. It's it's sort of like a it's it's a little bit of a cool look, like with one pant leg rolled up. Like, yeah, it's like it's what you do. You're a bike guy. Yeah, that's your life, yo. And it, it sort of I don't know they they just seem like a little dope, you know, like I don't, I don't know. Well, I like to do stuff like that that does have a practical purpose it's not just well like that's something i thought was interesting as i read a little quick summary of uh just like the weird fashion things that black teenagers will come up with mm -hmm. and it's mostly just because they don't care what the fashion is they just don't want to look like white teenagers so every time the white teenagers co-opt a look the black teenagers got to come up with a new thing <laughs> so you got like the pants hanging down super low or the one that really killed me were those flat brim hats i still think that looks stupid when the front brim of your hat is just flat just dead flat and then it's got the like the tag still on yeah. it and it's just it's ludicrous but it's just new that's all it needs to be as new. I, I didn't understand the tag thing. Like, I wonder if there was, like, a reason, like, to show that it wasn't a knockoff, or is it so that you can return it later? Like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no idea. <laughs> maybe, again, maybe it's not anything. It's just that no one did it yet. <laughs> you know? It's, it's funny, because, like, I was, I was thinking this the other day when I was, like, I don't know, I dropped some some internet-y term, like, BT-dubs or something, and other people in my office looked at me with six heads, right? Like, they're just like, what? Uh, sorry, looked at me like I had six heads. Uh, but, uh, and then I'm like, I don't even know if kids even say that, you know? Like, but what I, what I find weird is I'm a 35-year-old man. I should be so out of touch with you, with youth culture and I don't feel like I'm that out of touch with youth culture it is a lot closer to us now I guess because of the internet and stuff it's not so like hidden away yeah like uh, you know like I know what dubstep is but does that matter that I know what dubstep is like 
or that I kind of like it or dislike it or like who who cares anymore, right? I remember like, this is like, I mean, the internet was around at this point, but I guess this is how things have changed a bit is for the longest time, I had no idea what emo music was or meant at all. And I ended up going to the library, the old school library in Vancouver and looking up books about it. <laughs> and I found one. It was called Nothing Feels Good. That's the name of a promise ring album. And, uh, and they explained it from the ground up, like emotive, emotional, started with this band, led to this band, was respectable back in the Cure days, now it's the worst shit in the world that you can't stand. But I just was like, I'm reading a book, so I'll know what people mean when they say emo. That's fucking ridiculous. But it worked. Uh, wow. I never really, I mean, I think I think that's a weird generational gap for me, is because like I missed the entire emo thing. And apparently I was around for some of it, but they weren't calling it that at the time. Like The Cure, you could say, or uh, a lot of people say Weezer's Pinkerton was like the first emo album. I feel like a bird just shit on me. <laughs> Who can tell, right? We're covered in paint. <laughs> no, I just felt something wet splash me. and it, uh, That's pretty gross. And I looked up and there's nothing above me. So yeah, I think a bird just either <laughs> shat on me or pissed on me. That Come is on. unfortunate. Yeah, we've been working with white paint all day. Like... It could be, Pigeon! Could be anywhere. I'm on to you. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, like, the, there, there were a bunch of kids who were into emo when I was working at, a, like, a rock and roll t-shirt shop in Calgary. It was, like, five of them, and they had moved from Interior, B.C., I forget where, like, Salmon Arm or uh, Okanagan somewhere, to Calgary to, to, you know, so that their band could break. And it was, like... I remember at the time going like, why would you move to Calgary for your band to break? But nowadays, you know, there's a lot of Calgary bands that have happened. But the the thing about the emo thing, uh, when they showed up, I didn't understand any of it. And there was like this weird Christian element that I didn't understand as well. And then a year later, those guys were totally not, not into it anymore. Like all the, they had all these like tattoos and stuff but everybody had tattoos and they just like quickly became in like into punk rock like so yeah I don't understand I don't think I will yeah fuck it who gives a shit fuck kids fuck everything fuck old people god so many crazy busybody people swarming around us today yeah just like oh what are you doing is this this mural gonna what's it gonna look like what's it gonna be and then, and then this one crazy lady who uh, is actually, well, she was almost like a, she was, it's comical almost. She was like a, a textbook of how to be annoying in eight different ways, all <laughs> exemplified by one person. It was like Jesus, everything that comes out of your mouth is annoying to me. And what was, what was the first thing you said? You said like that you noticed that she was. Well, she certainly is not listening to anything you say right like she's just waiting for her chance to talk but but on top of that constantly jumping in and butting in and cutting you off like i noticed that she just wasn't paying any attention really to what you're saying to her and she just likes her own voice and and uh and then it's like sort of uh taking on like fucking uh I guess she's like she's not just a random. She's part no. of the like neighborhood association or whatever. She's she, part of the people who hired me to do this this project. So but. she has something to do with it, but just like 
giving you weird little permission to do stuff. You yeah. Know? That you're just like, it's like, tell you what, lady, why don't you just go away and we'll do it? How about that? And and when it's done, I'll I'll ask you for the rest of my money, and then and then you can ask me for more things after that. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about the next fence or the next wall because I'm not doing that now. But then the, one of the, the after she annoyed the shit out of us, she finally fucked off, and then she comes back and is going, oh nice nice job guys. You're, oh are you getting in all the cracks? It's like, oh well, what? <laughs> Who cares? Like and yesterday she like threatened to come help mm. and then I forgot so when she showed up today I was like oh please don't stand here and pretend you're helping because you're just gonna be just blah 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 all day yeah. and it's just like oh thank god she didn't do that oh no and and I kind of like I knew that so that was sort of an empty promise oh I'll help you don't you worry <laughs> I'll I'll get a stepladder and I'll help you because I like physical activity I'm like okay well yeah I look forward to having an awful day tomorrow. Thank you. But <laughs> but then luckily she came by and then, you know, checked in on us and then, you know, made a bunch of excuses how she had a busy schedule and maybe she could help us later tonight. I'm like, well, I won't be painting later tonight, so I'll but see you later. Even just the lack of cohesion in her own craziness is like, so she was going on about how... Uh, just this just bizarre to me and my slipshod life like desire for regimentation and having everything all set up where she's like you should keep a log keep a log of when you started and when you stopped and if you take a little 15 minute break write that down well first who are you writing this down for you're the guy doing it <laughs> like it doesn't make any difference and then today exact opposite she's like no take your time no hurry it's like first off it doesn't matter what you think you can't change reality it's gonna take however long it takes yeah like your opinion has nothing to do with it. No, it's uh, it, I got hired to do a thing, yeah. and I'm gonna do that thing. And your your stupid idea of like, or just when you're like <laughs> explaining a little, like you know, like I got a kid, I got another kid coming, you know, I work, I got I got stuff to do. Just that, and then she would like sign off, like, oh well, that's all right. And it's like, well, it's not well, a question well, of if you. it's all right or not. This yeah. is how it is. <laughs> this is what's gonna well, happen. Thank you for telling me it's okay. And I, you know, like I mean, I was up front with the board right away. I said, you know, like. Like this is going to be a weekend after hours thing for me. Right. I'm, I'm not sitting here day, or, or day like, to day, you know. Or that notion where, you know, you're like, originally I thought it would be, you know, end of the month, but it'd probably be longer. Just like, oh, well, I guess that's okay. Like, again, it's no one's asking you. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you think. But, I mean, I also made them sign a contract that basically said, you know, like, yeah, this is how long it's going to take, and this is what I'm doing, and you're responsible for this, this, and this. Right. So all that bullshit she was talking about, garbages and how they're supposed to be moved, and you don't have to move them. That's not your responsibility. I'm like, yeah, I thought that was weird. It, yeah. It's like, it's just a garbage can. It's, I'm like, it's on <laughs> wheels, dude. It's, it's fine. And you know you what? imagine if we painted around the garbage cans just because, like, oh, well, it's not us to do that. Like, well, it's just so weird. Fucking weirdos, man. I, yeah. I'm just becoming so much more the, the like just the intolerance as I get older. Like I don't think I'm gonna be so much a fun old man because I just feel like I'm calcifying. Like I'm just so much more sure every day about what I think about things, and I'm just so much less patient just with other people. <laughs> I don't know. I just wish I wasn't getting this way, but no, it's uh, I don't know. I'm with you. Like I I my general sense is that I don't like people. Right. And. And the, and the people I like, I like a lot, right? So, 
it, it's like people who like kind of fall onto that gray zone. Um, I could take a leave in. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's just not worth the. It's, no. it's more more conflict than it's worth to be open and honest with them. It's better just to it, go along with them. And exactly, exactly. So so like like this lady being uh, you know like telling me all this shit. I don't care. Because she, she's going to go away. It's a perfect example, too. I mean, like, we just paint all day, and it's like, no problem. And then she shows up, and in 10 seconds, it's yeah. just infuriating. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, uh, what, and, and, but, but this is, this is the thing that really interests me, uh, for people like this, is that in her brain, she thinks she helped us somehow. Yeah. She walked by to help us somehow. And I don't know what that was. I don't know what she was trying to accomplish because she really didn't say anything. I wonder if she has a little internal clock that goes off once in a while, like, oh, those guys will be upset if I don't come. Yeah, and check like, in. Oh, they're going to feel don't. a little like they're on their own. No, that's <laughs> how we want to feel. Thank please you. Please leave, leave everyone alone, please. Yeah, like, we're perfectly competent and okay to continue on without anybody. Uh, <laughs> we'd like to talk about music and dumb shit, you know, and not, not hear about the new balconies that are fucking going on the building. Or your care. gardening. Oh, I've just started gardening lately. <laughs> like, really? Really? Because I... Oh, really? I didn't read that in your blog. <laughs> uh, yeah. Man. I have this theory about people who do uh, not, not-for-profit and, uh, like, committee-type stuff. I feel like they're the worst people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like to, to well, I mean, I guess they're not openly doing evil, but no, know. but they're doing worse than evil because what they're doing is they're trying to change some fucking great injustice that they feel strongly about, and because they feel that they're volunteering their time, they, they've they're suddenly now the most important person in the world because they are single-handedly saving you know the world from whatever it is so like i don't know i, I feel this way about like environmentalists and i feel this way about like well this kind of came up recently with our other show the vinyl countdown vinylcountdown.ca that we got uh we got because you know we talk about all kinds of offensive type of stuff and uh i got an email from this girl who uh said she likes the show but she doesn't tell any of her friends that she listens to it because all her friends are like uh like lesbian 20 year old activist you know like real uh, feminist you know just the, that kind of thing lebanese fesbians as they as right. they say and and it's weird cuz like on the you know, technically, on paper, like, I'm down with all the... You name me an issue, I'm probably... I agree with it. But the irony is, like, you know, it can be viewed like we're bullying people because we just yeah. talk about whatever and we mock openly and whatnot. But I really feel like she's hanging out with the bullies, you know? We wouldn't... We're I not the bullies. They're the bullies. I completely agree. And I, I agree with, like, uh, like, terminology, like how now you're not supposed to say retard. Retard, retard, retard. You're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to call it the R word now. Well, to me, that's the stupidest thing ever. And also, a person with Down syndrome, uh, number one, I'm never going to say retard in front of them. Number two, I'm not referring to them. I'm referring to somebody else being beyond stupid. Right. And not that I'm saying people with Down syndrome are beyond stupid. People with Down syndrome have Down syndrome. You know, like, to me, the two things aren't related. And, And... and it's tough because, like, overly PC people take it upon themselves to get offended on behalf of the whatever special group, right? And that's, isn't that, like, 
It that's, definitely, that's offensive to that group, don't you think? And it does seem like a power thing. Like when uh, my friend Brad became a vegetarian, we were talking about it, and he's like, you know, not uh, not a preachy vegetarian. And the uh, sort of prototypical bad type of vegetarian that we kind of came up with would be like the teenage girl who decides she's going to be a vegetarian just so she has some power over her family type of thing. <laughs> yeah. But at least that makes sense because she's a teenage girl and is in a weird family situation and is mad at everyone. But once you grow up, it's not okay to make these power plays anymore. You're an adult. Like, let no. people live their damn life. Yeah, and, and uh, oh, God. There's so many... Uh, art. Uh, when I was in art school, I happened to be in a year that was just full of 50-year-old ladies who decided that they were going to go get their painting degree now that their kids were grown and whatever. And more power to them, but they annoyed the shit out of them. <laughs> right. Because a big problem I had with them is how outraged they were for different racial groups and yet for some reason they still whispered the the word black <laughs> so they they would be like i have a lot of black friends and and you'd be like really so you're you're the one they chose to represent them good for you you know and, and and it's just so funny that these like entitled white ladies suddenly feel the need that they need to make native art because they need to speak for native issues. It's like, well, are you native? No. But it's just all the injustices. Okay, but but you're not even remotely related to that. You know, like, I just, I just find that sort of shit, like, to me, it's like you have too much money and too much time on your hands and you need a cause and you picked the first one that, you know, you remember from being a, a kid, right? It's peculiar, too, because I think people get tricked in some ways that like the idea that it's it's brave to stand up for things and to you know I don't know be mouthy about issues but it seems like a, a, a sort of weird lack of self-esteem too that leads you to this type of stuff like well if I don't have my issue then what the hell am I like if I don't have my little group to rally for but I, I, like I think people have gotten confused about that that like it's because it is tough to stand up and say things other people won't say, but I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore. No, <laughs> so no, I, no, I, no I, th I think I know what you're saying, but like, like. But then suddenly you're a bully. You're a weird PC yeah. bully. And I think I think the best way is to to be aware of these things, change what you can change, and don't worry about anyone else. Like, do your thing. Uh, you don't need. It, it's not up to you to educate people because people can educate themselves. Like. Assuming that, like, you need to bring awareness to a thing when we have this thing called the internet is nonsense. Like, we don't need you telling me about the plight of the fucking penguins, you know? Like, we know. We saw that movie. But, but, oh, shit. Uh, I was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, yeah. It, it, the tip-tap tip? Oh, nice. Of your tongue? Nice. What the hell does that name even mean? I think I asked him and I forget already. Uh, <laughs> I think if memory serves... There's a Japanese song that he likes. It was called Tips Tap Tip. And uh, when... Uh, uh, okay, it's a, it's a long story, but I was actually going to be the co-host of Tip Tap Tip originally. Right. And, uh, and then Eric and I got into a big fight over it. You know, and then Rochelle kind of said, well, why, why didn't you ask me kind of thing? And he was like, oh, do you want to do it? And it turns out, like, it's magical and, and whatever. But, uh, but I think at the time, he, you know, he had to find a show name really quickly. And that was one that was available. And it, it's sort of a nod to 
uh, Eric's uh, Japanese music tastes. Well, it's certainly not a sensible and logical name like vinylcountdown.ca. Because <laughs> that makes perfect <laughs> sense for what we talk about. Uh, we, we talk about vinyl and countdowns. <laughs> totally. It's a countdown to the day we finally talk about vinyl. <laughs> Someday. I think we've talked about vinyl, actually. Shit, so the countdown, <laughs> damn it's <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, so, um, no, anyway, like with, with uh, PC bullshit, Oh God! Okay, you know what? I'm I'm lulling here, so let's throw to a clip of these are uh, th this is a, a a black man and a white man shaking hands. Uh, Please meet you. Yeah, you too. I like how you did neutral So I was thinking about like sort of this environmental movement and how it sort of it, it makes people feel good, but it's it's essentially ineffective. Right, like you were talking earlier when yeah. we were painting about how uh, recycling is that the sum total of what recycling accomplishes is is arguable, yeah, <laughs> it's negligible in, at best. In, and in fact, outside of aluminum, which is like a, a wickedly uh, recyclable material, it actually. It costs more in gas and transportation and, and just power energy to process all this recycled shit than it would be to do a landfill. Right. So it's, it's actually working against us, not for us, like we think. But it doesn't matter. The whole world's on the bandwagon, so you just got to ride it, right, until it collapses. But one thing I was thinking about is what is going to happen to just all this stuff like cars, like, because we're literally looking at 50 years, you know, like the, the, the end of oil is in 50 years and what happens to all this crap everywhere? You know, like what happens to plastics? What happens to all these things? You know, like, I wonder if there's the people actually thinking about this or are we just like riding the bomb? You know, like, are we just like, woohoo, you know, let's, let's make oil money and just like, you know, just have a good time and, and, you know, and then the kids of the apocalypse will sort out the rest. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, I think riding the bomb is kind of all we can do. Like, there's just, they, you know, I mean, I used to think there were people in control of stuff, and then I just cynically started thinking, oh, there's no, there's not, because people are, can't keep it together. But now I just think it's just math. I just don't think we can keep it together. There's only so much of the world you can affect. And then a lot of it is just cruise control. <laughs> what happens, happens. Well, I think I think we have to, uh, at least, you know, if we want to continue this semblance of a society, we have to kind of keep it together on some level. So, a little like, I'm just saying, like, not a post-apocalyptic future, but let, let's say, uh, you know, we're still, you know, we're still trying to sort it out. What do we do with all these like cars and roads and all these all this infrastructure in the future? Like, like are we gonna start mining, you know, cars for materials? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I don't know. It's not exactly related, but I remember I was talking to my friend Brad about uh, e-books and Kindles and all this new stuff and like how. On the surface, it's like, oh, great, we don't have to cut down trees anymore. But in the slightly longer-term view, trees are totally renewable and sustainable. Oh, yeah. Books biodegrade. Kindles are just junk forever. <laughs> like, there's, it's actually worse, you know? Oh, like, that's, that's so weird. Yeah, there was an argument uh, that, well, it's an argument I actually uh, kind of hold on to, which is the fact that e 
you stop using trees, what happens is forests just get bought up by developers for housing, right? Or, or for you know farms. So that they <laughs> there's like, a reason why there's cows everywhere. It's exactly. We use them. <laughs> exactly. So like anything you want to protect, start eating it. You know, like if, if, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like like honestly, like like uh, you know, like if you want to see polar bears come back in numbers, introduce the polar bear burger, because suddenly it's you know like suddenly we have polar bear farms and like uh, yeah, I I just I just think that uh, you can't save things. You can just like build it into your system. That's that's it. Yeah, I agree. And just yeah, the idea of. Like, I guess it kind of ties into what we were talking about with uh, biology versus will is, you know, day after day after day, the biology is going to win. It's the same thing. It's like if you can tie in your cause to some kind of business system, then it'll go perpetually. Then it will thrive. But if you're always trying to buck the system and fight against it, you're going to lose someday. It's just a matter of time. Oh, yeah. And that, and then I think uh, I think that's why that uh, the organic food movement, which is another thing I think is bullshit, but... That's why it's got legs right now is because it's built into a pretty good business model based on uh, leaving people's guilt. You know, like, uh, you know, if you buy this food, you're a good person. Only $4 for a can of soup and I don't have to feel bad? It's a deal. (laughs) That's a a great deal. You know, like, can you put a price on guilt? And, and like, and all you have to do is convince people that conventional food is, is evil or bad somehow. And then you can tack on $3 to your, you know, your guilt-free food, which is, uh, I, I find that, like, so crazy and maddening and crazy but but uh as i'm getting older i'm realizing that people don't like to think they don't want to actually think outside of uh, themselves they they want people to give them answers and tell them what's right and wrong and and you know and i guess that's okay i just wish i was one of them because that would be that would make my life a lot uh less stressful i think one thing i've noticed though is like i would prefer to talk to somebody that I'm more or less in line with and then tweak the details from what they're saying. Whereas if it's someone who's just radically coming from a different place than me, I just don't have the patience anymore. I just don't care. I just, <laughs> just Well, because you're never going to convince them yeah. and they're never going to convince you. So all you can do is like present your case and hope that they'll take something from it. Or that, or you know, or be open-minded enough to look at their point of view, right? But like, not very many people want to do that or have the time to do that, right? Like, oh god, it, it's it's. If you had to think about every single fucking thing you bought, like, you know, which sweatshop built this or what what thing did that? If you had a okay, so there are people who do think about that, but if you have to feel bad about everything, you will eat nothing and do nothing because everything. Everything on this planet in some way or another gets used or, or suffers a little, even our precious North American society. I mean, there's a labor force at, at, at the back of it, you know? Like, I even think on the other end of the spectrum, like when I think about, like, say a guy, just as a hypothetical, like the guy who runs the best canned pea operation in North America, and he's probably got a pretty sweet house and a jet ski, and he's got a big factory and he makes canned peas. That sounds miserable to me. Like, his whole life is to make canned vegetables? Who gives a shit? Like, it's so boring and mind-numbing. He can have the jet ski. Like, I feel bad for him. I feel like he's wasting his life. He's being exploited so I can have peas. 
But on the other hand, I mean, like, take today, I mean, being working men. I think this is the title for this show, <laughs> working men. You know, think about how, like, if your job day-to-day -day was just to paint a wall white, you know, and and you got to do it with a friend and it was kind of fun every day, you know, you dick around and you get coffee and you paint a wall and, and there's no boss or anything going like, oh, new balconies and, you know, like... You know, that's that's pretty fun. So, like, if your job is, like, growing food, I could see that being deeply, deeply satisfying. And then you, you know, like, you harvest it, and it's a little... It, it's hard work, but really, at the end of the day, like, you're doing something that directly benefits people in a very real, tangible way. Whereas what I do for a living, I don't know what the fuck it does. You know, like, I, I organize pretty things and words into something that looks nice and in the hopes that it'll tap into somebody's psychology and make them want to use uh, the services that I'm designing for, right? So the modern world is full of people who have jobs that have nothing tangible attached to them. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying exactly. Yeah, no, I think uh, that is probably true too where I'm looking at this from my perspective. Like if the guy who runs the pea factory has no ambition to, you know, write a story or make a movie or something, or knows that he's bad at it, then yeah, of course he's going to want to do something else and he'll feel much better that he did that, you know, and achieved, accomplished in some other sphere. For me, though, oh, horrible. Sounds yeah, yeah. Worst. But I mean, you like know. Donald Trump, you imagine being Donald Trump? Whoa. <laughs> like, all the money in the world, like, who gives a fuck? Oh, yeah, because he's a, he's horrible, sad, and, and weird-looking. And, <laughs> and you know, all the money in the world is not going to change how fucking weird he looks and how orange he is. Well, no, I think the money has something to do with how orange he is, but... I honestly think if I had, like, super riches, it would be real fun for a little while, and I think even then probably purely, like, just for the crazy sex parties I could throw. But then I think of, like, imagine, like, what's his name? The Hustler guy before... Larry Flint before he got paralyzed, like in the movie, People vs. Larry Flint, where he's having his crazy parties and stuff. Just think how fast that must get boring. Oh, so fast. Yeah, like it's fun on a rote level. You're like, oh, I'm fucking some chick again. But like, I think that would get old super quick. And that's literally the only thing I could see like spending my money on and just being like, this is going to be fun. And even that would only be fun for like a little while. Uh, there's, there's an old, uh, uh, cl uh, I'm going to say Klingon because I can't remember what it is, but it's a <laughs> Klingon proverb that is, uh, that's says you know may you get exactly what you want and and that is that is the fundamental problem with human beings is that we're only happy when we're slightly dissatisfied right you know and if that that ratio of dissatisfaction like like if you um if you have most of what you want but there's still more things that you you want to accomplish or do then you're probably pretty happy um but if you have everything you ever wanted and you've accomplished everything you want to do then suddenly you're without a purpose and that to me that like then you're not useful and i think that's what every single person on the planet wants to be is useful in some way i don't know does that make sense yeah no definitely like, like uh uh yeah. well, I was, uh, <laughs> getting getting back to donald trump like right. uh, i wonder I wonder what he thinks and like, like what his goals are and like, 
you know, it's not to have a TV show because now, it, like, now he's on that. And and like, why is he on a TV show? Yeah, that one's a weird one where I think it's just like this desire to be in the arts in some way, <laughs> and that's like the best he could manage. Well, and I think um, a lot of people who uh, have a lot of money. Uh, tend to fund things uh, with more talented people because it it makes them feel like you know they're doing it when you know they're not but they are I mean so I guess like yeah I guess even that has its own use oh man (laughs) this is like this is also a thing I just find weird is uh, yeah like the people with money wanting to be involved in art is uh, Kevin Smith's movie Red State was financed by people that had never financed films before just independent type business people with money that they wanted to invest in movies so uh, this one guy had like two and a half million to invest and Kevin was like so you want to read the script and he's like no need like I saw saw the cop-out poster it said your name it said Bruce Willis's name here you go you know so it's like he wants to make a movie but doesn't want to invest in something non-artistic but he also fundamentally doesn't give a fuck what kind of art it is like how weird right no it's very weird like I don't know and and maybe because you know I just don't have like crazy amounts of money I I mean if I won the lotto tomorrow I would I would take yeah I would do nothing for maybe a year or two and then I'd have to do something like I'd, I'd have to do a project or, or something because like nobody can just nobody can like retire on a beach it's never happened in the history of time like nobody ever stops you know, you get all the money in the world, and you take a break, and then you start working again. Oh, and that's my phone. Telephone call. Well, let's cut to a clip of Joel talking on the phone. Hey, honey. Hello. Hey, Joel, you should come Hello, home. Yeah, I'm just finishing up with Keith. We're doing tip, tap, tip. Okay, well, I, you know, come home. <laughs> All right, the end of episode. Thanks for having us on, Eric and Rochelle. Bye-bye. TipTapTip.com. Hey, Internet. Uh, Thanks for listening to Keith and I uh, talk nonsense today. Uh, You can uh, email Eric and Rochelle at info at TipTapTip.com or visit their website at TipTapTip.com. And uh, I don't know, I think their Twitter is TipTapTipShow or... Eric tip tap tip at Twitter or Twitter at something yeah it, it's uh, go go to their website I don't know what, what do you want from me I don't I don't know it okay bye see ya jeez enter
Countdown.ca